Today on the podcast review show, we're looking at inside the jewelry trade. Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the podcast review show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. All right, welcome to the Podcast Review Show. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. And joining me with uh, what's left of his voice, the one and the only... (laughs) Eric K. Johnson, better known as the Podcast Town Coach. How's it going, Eric? It's going all right. Allergies are kicking in. It's that time of year, but uh, I'm fighting through it. We'll see how long my voice can hold up during this show. And uh, today we are taking a look at a show uh, from a marketing company. Uh, maybe that's the name of the marketing company, Four Grainer. That might make sense. We're going to talk about that, that uh, from people that aren't jewelers, a little confusion going on here, <laughs> and uh, but it's a podcast about the jewelry industry for the jewelry industry, and uh, unfortunately our guest could not make it tonight. But uh, this has been plagued. This this if you ever want to do a show with interviews, <laughs> that's the hardest part is getting people's schedules to uh, sync up. But, Especially uh, when there's three of us. Yeah, and uh, Rod was nice enough to go carry on, my brothers. I would love to hear what you have to say. And uh, so um, we're going to go ahead. What we always do is we start off by playing like the first couple minutes. I think I have like the first three and a half minutes just to get a, a taste of the show. Uh, well, we'll talk about what we think about it when uh, on the other side of that. But here is uh, this was uh, an episode about a, a trade show. And we uh, should probably world. set it up. Rod was going to be on the show. Uh, he yeah. had some come up last minute, but he had recorded a handful of episodes um, in the middle of last year and then kind of pulled back and said, all right, I'm looking to retool it. We're going to relaunch the whole podcast. Hope to do that in May. So I'm looking for a little feedback on what I might change when we go for the relaunch to really blow this thing up. So that's kind of what we're looking at tonight is we're going to take a look at a, at a episode from a few months back, uh, episode number nine, kind of give uh, Rod some feedback on uh, what we think about this particular episode and hopefully give him uh, a few pointers to where he can relaunch this podcast to bigger and better things come May. And it goes a little something like this. Power up, power up, power up, power up your profit. And have a store chock full of customers. You're about to discover the no-nonsense secrets to making jewelers more successful. More successful. This is Inside the Jewelry Trade with Rod Worley. Hello and welcome to Inside the Jewelry Trade radio show. I'm your host, Rod Worley, and this is the radio show devoted to jewelry store owners, the jewelry trade, and those who want to get a rare glimpse behind the curtain into the $70 billion a year U.S. jewelry and watch industry. We give you access to jewelry designers, vendors, successful store owners, and those who have the proven expertise you need to move your jewelry business forward right now. The bottom line, this online radio show is for those in the jewelry trade who expect more from their business and want to cut through the clutter to find out what really works. Welcome to episode number nine of Inside the Jewelry Trade radio show. This episode is going to be different in many ways. 
It isn't one of the usual one-on-one interview styles that we're known for. In fact, this one is more of a collection of thoughts, expressions, and feelings of those in the trade who attended the JA New York Summer Show this year. So as not to give too much away, let me have Michelle Graff, Editor-in-Chief of National Jeweler, explain it. As you're about to hear, this episode of Inside the Jewelry Trade is a bit of a departure from the first several episodes. It was recorded by yours truly at the recent J in New York Summer Show, which took place at the end of July at the Javits Center. Instead of featuring one guest for the entire episode, we recorded short bits from different members of the industry who happened by National Jewelers booth at the show. Retailers, exhibitors, and marketers, quite willingly, shared their thoughts on a variety of topics. Their best moment behind the browder counter, their expectations for the holiday season, their proudest career accomplishment, and their favorite part of coming to New York City for the show. We want to extend a warm thank you to all those who were interviewed for their time, and we hope you enjoy. Before we start the show, I just want to take a moment to say thank you from all of us at Four Grainer and Inside the Jewelry Trade to both National Jeweler and especially Michelle Graff for taking the time to bring this unique opportunity to all of us in the jewelry trade. For me personally, this is a real treat because who in broadcasting hasn't secretly wanted to say this famous tagline? Live from New York, it's the JA Summer Show! Ah, yes, it's the hum of a busy jewelry trade show like the JA New York Summer Show that instantly brings back memories for me. Reconnecting with friends and colleagues, seeing the latest exciting jewelry designs from the hottest new designers, sitting alongside the new collections from designers who are household names. You know, as Michelle mentioned at the top of the show, National Jeweler literally gave vendors and jewelers a voice at the show. She did this by writing an article for National Jeweler titled, Making Your Podcast Debut at JA New York Summer Show 2014. And those in the jewelry trade certainly responded. The big question for most people who haven't attended the show before would be, well, honestly, what's the show like? And who better to answer that question than those who put this show at the top of their list every year? To answer that question, let's start off by getting the views of Hedda Shupak, who is the editor of The Centurion, a popular weekly e-newsletter and webzine for the trade. For Hedda and many others, the JA New York show is all about being the right size. What is my favorite part of coming to New York City for the JA New York show? I think it's just having a chance to finish everything I didn't get time to do in Vegas. Um, it's calmer, it's quieter. And for me, I don't have to get on a plane to get there, so I really like that. And it's good to catch up with people and have some time to talk. And so there's one clip of many that they uh, played throughout the show. And so uh, I guess I'll start off. I really like the intro. Um, It just You can see throughout the whole podcast that this is not somebody using their phone in a, you know what I mean? There's, There's somebody who's taking this seriously. And uh, I like the intro, like the music, like the energy, um, the fact that they they say what to expect. And I'm going to hold them to this, right? This is where you learn what really works in the uh, industry. And um, so I, I definitely like that. And and I like the uh, the not taking it so seriously. The whole little line there, but live from New York, right? 
I, I, I thought, okay, cool. This is, this is somebody who's taking it seriously. And, and I think that's one of my favorite podcasts. People that take the topic serious, but they don't take themselves too seriously. That's, I think that's one of my favorites. Eric, what did you think? Uh, I liked the intro. I thought it was, I thought it was a little long and clunky. Um, the, the voiceover at the very beginning is about 15 to 17 seconds kind of setting up the show. And then Rod comes in and Rod takes another 45 seconds mm. to set up the show again. And I thought there were a lot of promises made at, at the, in the intro itself that uh, really became um, confusing to understand the one thing I was going to get out of the show. Because in Rod's section, he talks about how the show's devoted to jewelry store owners. Um, the show's going to give you access to designers and vendors and owners and expertise that you wouldn't get anywhere else and to help those jewelry store owners who really want to move forward and increase their their revenue and their sales and uh, it's devoted to those in the trade that are really looking to cut through the clutter and find what really works and I thought there are a lot of promises made there we might be able to fine-tune that and cut it in half go from 45 seconds worth of um, promises made to give me 20 seconds of the real meat of, of what the show is all about. What's the gist of the show? What's the one thing I'm going to get and walk away? Is it how to move my business forward? Great. Then there's a lot of ways to do that, giving me access to, to designers and vendors and owners and expertise and things like that. But if the one thing is we're going to help you move your business forward, then that's the thing we want to drive home in the, in the intro itself. And uh, the, a lot of the show is scripted um, because it's put together very NPR style. And at, I think at the beginning, it feels to me like Rod's reading the introduction. And even though he's reading a lot of the script throughout the show, he gets a little looser uh, later on in the show and really becomes more comfortable uh, in between the segments. Um, but the introduction itself, I thought it was a bit long. When we listen to the conclusion of the show, it's brief. It's to the point. It hits. It's exactly what we want to hit, and it gets right out of it. Um, I thought the production value and the energy value of the intro was good. I just thought we could have trimmed it down a bit. When you think about it, this might be a, a time where if you're going to make me sit through that intro, give me a little teaser at the beginning of it to say on today's show, we're going to blah, 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 then make me sit through the intro with the and we'll give you this and we'll give you that. And so that way, at least I know what's coming. It's like you said, if you got to sit there and wait for it to, and then it's like you said, I never, and it's funny you brought that up. Cause I, I, I think that's one of the things that, um, as I listen to the show, my, my expectations, right. Cause they promise so much about halfway through. I'm kind of like, this isn't what I thought it was going to get. And now they did set it up and, and we heard at the beginning, this isn't your typical show. Which I thought was kind of interesting that they said, this is the one we want you to review. Because I'm like, well, if this is, okay. So uh, that was a little different. But it, it, the content didn't match what the intro said. Yeah, and it's not your typical show. Um, I, I kind of had a little issue with that too. Because it's only episode number nine. And when you're this young in your podcasting career, people are coming into the show all the time, brand new listeners, especially to episode number nine, episode 10, 12, 15. Your brand new listeners are coming in, just discovering the show and then deciding whether to go back and listen to the, to the original podcasts or the, or the first few episodes. So um, 
we're only nine into it. How do we know what a typical episode is going to be? You know, your, your uh, podcast ebbs and flows as you develop it and design it uh, coming out of the gate. And what happens in the first five episodes may not be what's happening in episode 50 through 60. It might be something completely different. So, um, you know, this was our first episode. So understanding what we're going to get and knowing that it's not what we typically get, maybe this wasn't the episode we should be listening to. But I love the way it was put together. It's very NPR style. I could tell it took a lot of work to get it put together. His actualities were amazing and uh, a lot of great interviews included. Yeah, one of the, uh, you know, we always talk about stories and, and things of that nature. And so they basically, you know, Rod would kind of set it up and have uh, like a little uh, a brief introduction as to what was going on. And, and really, you know, according to the show notes, they asked people, you know, what's your favorite repair question? What's your favorite moment behind the bridal counter? Um, what are your expectations for this coming holiday season? You know, and they kind of went through all that. And um, they also mentioned like um, just almost like, you know, one of those, uh, I don't want to say a spinal tap moment, but apparently in the jewelry business, there's there's like a little nudge, nudge, poke, poke to when it comes to changing watch batteries. Yeah. And, and uh, so I, I found this story and I was it made me kind of giggle. And I, I it was one of those like, yeah, OK, this is this is inside trade kind of talk. So it's a cute little story. So I thought I would bring this along. You would be hard pressed to get a group of jewelers together and not come away with a gem of a story. If you ask them one simple question, give us your best jewelry repair story. I think every jeweler has their favorite. After 30 years on the front lines, I know I certainly do. That's why this next story brings a smile to my face, because most jewelers have a similar story tucked away. We're just glad Jim Alpern, owner of Jim Alpern Jewelers in Ohio, shared his. What is your favorite repair question? It's not really a question, but uh, it did happen in the store. It was sort of a fun fun time that absolutely ruined my life because I always complain that people come to our store for watch batteries and if you give them a watch battery the next thing they do is they come back to you again next year for another watch battery or for with a new watch that they just purchased and need the links shortened. So one day a lady came into our store about a month ago and had three watches and she wanted all three watches to have batteries put in them while she waited. So I begrudgingly took the watches and went to the back where I do all of our watch batteries. And uh, while I'm putting in the three batteries, unbeknownst to me, my sales clerk, if you will, is, is showing her rings. And suddenly she comes back to where I'm putting the batteries in the watches and, and says, Jim, will you come out and speak to this customer? She's looking at this ring. And I went out and spoke to the customer. And after a few moments, she said, I'll take it. The ring was $38,000, which originally my whole theory is that watch battery repair and small repairs do nothing but bring other repairs into the store. But there is the rare occasion when this happens. Now, to make things worse, the lady came back last week and spent another $12,000 on a pair of two-carat stud earrings because she had such a good experience the first time. There you go. So I laughed when I heard this because there's a jewelry, really expensive jewelry place right across from my uh, my building here. And the only thing I've ever done there is, yeah, to replace my watch battery. <laughs> I now know I'm one of those oh, battery guys. They, they see you coming. 
<laughs> the thing I love, and, and we could park here for quite a while. I wish yeah. Rod was on the on the show because uh, it almost feels to me like Rod's got some broadcasting background. Mm-hmm. His show, and I don't know if he did it on purpose, if he was conscious of it, um, but his his entire show uh, has an amazing story arc to it. Uh, and that was one thing I was listening for um, when I heard him start into this uh, actuality rich podcast was the podcast going to lead somewhere or was it just going to be a hodgepodge collection of audio drops from the show and i thought he did an amazing job really putting the show together with a great story arc the beginning of the show kind of starts off with um what people are looking forward to most about the show, why they're so excited to be in New York for the show this particular year and, uh, and some of the great things they hope to uh, achieve and accomplish while they're at the show, running into great friends they haven't seen, uh, finding new ideas at the vendor booths and that sort of thing. Then it kind of got into what they like most about the show, uh, what, what they do elsewhere around New York while they're in town for the show. And it kind of built through that. Then we got to some personal stories like the one we just heard with uh, various jewelers. And um, then we got into some forecasting and the outlook of the holiday season that was coming up. And then it wrapped up with the conclusion of the show and the things that everybody loved about it and a recap of the awards they did. I thought the the entire episode really followed a nice storyline. And that's not easy to do with, with a show like this. Yeah, the other thing from a technical aspect, holy cow, as somebody who's done a clip show, they're not a lot of fun. And to get the fact that I didn't have to adjust my volume anytime and there, there wasn't, you know, and then you have people, you know, this was recorded at a booth in a trade show. The fact that you don't have a bunch of popping peas going on. I mean, this could have been a technical nightmare. And uh, that was one thing that I was like, you know what? Okay. This is, you know, again, some time went into this episode to, uh, to put it together. And uh, I didn't even notice that. That's see, that's why, that's why you're the podcast talent coach, my man, <laughs> that whole story arc thing. So I didn't even think about that. I'm too busy looking at the wave file to go. Yeah. The one thing that, that intrigued me was at the very beginning, Michelle Graff kind of introduces the show and then you don't hear Michelle at all through the rest of the episode, which I thought was kind of odd. And, but at the very end of the episode, you find out that it was Michelle that did most of the interviews. And then mm-hmm. it was Rod that kind of was the moderator, the MC that put it all together. Um, I would have kind of liked to hear uh, Michelle interact a little bit more in the show um, and I'm not sure if she's a regular part of the show or if she just happened to be part of this particular episode because she's uh, she's at the JA show in New York. Um, but I, I, I kind of found that interesting that she was she helped set the show up at the beginning and then you don't hear her again. You get and she gets some accolades at the end for all of the work she did to help put the show together. I would have liked to have heard uh, a little more of her. Yeah, the uh, the one thing. As I was listening to it, I listened to it a couple times that to me, I went, it's, it's, it's just ever so slightly grazing. My reaction was I'm being sold to this is, you know, it's like, it, and I've got a clip here and just the way it's kind of set up. Is there a better backdrop for a prestigious jewelry show than the Big Apple? Doesn't, isn't that kind of like, is there, can you, <laughs> let me tell you. And if you order now, we'll throw in. 
But um, I'll, I'll go ahead and play this. Is there this. a better backdrop for a prestigious jewelry show than the Big Apple? Not only is the show great, but New York offers visitors so much more. Did we mention the world-class restaurants? Here's what Patricia Severud, founder of the jewelry expertise services company called Joya Consulting, had to say. My favorite part of coming to New York for the JA show is to go to all the fabulous New York restaurants. You eat fantastically here. And we went on the North River lobster boat last night. We had dinner on the North River. It was so much fun. And the events, I love the events. The WJA event is not to be missed. Gotta get here. So when she said gotta get here, I went, okay, number one, you're selling New York City. Do we really need to sell New York City? (laughs) Okay. and then when she's like, you got to get here, I was like, okay, now you're kind of nudging me. You're pushing me to come. And I just went, okay. And that's when I went, it, that's when I kind of went, you know, this is, this is a commercial for the trade show. And I just kind of went, all right, well, that's what it is. And that's when I kind of went, that's what I thought back to the beginning of the show. And I went, this is not what I thought I was going to get. And that's where I started to kind of lose like, all right, here's somebody else. And, you know, I was like, all right. You know, and that's when I, I heard the little ring story that I was like, well, that's kind of funny. That's kind of cute. But in terms of, you know, here's what really works. Apparently what really works is going to the trade show. Well, see, and I, I didn't get that feeling. I kind of stepped okay. back and put myself in the shoes. If I was a jeweler and right. uh, and had never been to the show. Uh, would it make me want to go? And so I kind of looked at it. If I was looking at a sh- or listening to a show like this regarding New Media Expo, and I had never been, and I heard people like this, podcasters talking about the great people that they met, the uh, panels that they attended, some of the vendor booths that they'd seen, the great uh, activities and and restaurants around Las Vegas, and things like that, would would I be jazzed and really wanting to go? Or would I have felt like somebody was just trying to sell me New Media Expo? And I, putting myself in a jeweler's shoes, I thought, you know what, this it it's it's telling me the benefits I would get right. by attending this JA show and and what I'm going to find in the booths and running into old friends and learning do new things and discovering new designs and and just sharing more stories that we all have in whatever industry we happen to be in. Um, yeah, sure. It's a, you know, he'd make a great pitch guy for the uh, visitors bureau. Um, but I felt there was some, some uh, content in the show that was beneficial and, and could help a jeweler move their business forward. And it, why is it worth dropping the cash to go to New York city for the show? Right. That was, that was the flip side of my, my comment. I thought on the other hand, if I've never been to that show, number one, just the sound of it, it sounded like I was there because it was recorded at a booth. So that I like that kind of sound seeing, wow, I feel like I'm there kind of effect. And it it does. It lets you know, okay, here's what to it. So when I was listening to it, I'm like, I should do one of these for the New Media Expo because it's a great way to, to sell the show. And uh, so I, I can see why they did it. You know, it was just kind of, again, with all those promises at the beginning, I'm like, mm, okay. But again, they did a disclaimer and say, this is a different kind of show. I would um, agree. Yeah. It kind of made me flash back to when you guys did the uh, podcasters roundtable at New Media Expo last year, where you had mm-hmm. you, the three of you just sitting around a table and, uh, and, and shooting the gip and everybody was swinging by and jumping on the mic with you and just talking about the show and the things they loved and the, everything they were learning. 
and uh, it turned out to be a great episode of Podcasters Roundtable. Um, yeah, but, and, but it was kind of a pitch for New Media Expo as well. Yeah, and I think that's it. You know, it's it's for me sometimes it's hard to really get in the shoes of the target listener. And that may be the case that if I was a Jew, I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. I love that show. Or I, I was there two years ago. I should have gone this year, that type of thing. Yeah, that's uh, one of the, the toughest part about doing this show is we have to jump into the shoes of the target audience. And it's the very first episode of this show we've ever listened to. And so we kind of have to hit the ground running and then be somebody we're not. So, you know, and, and then so, Rod's not here to defend himself. To fill, yeah, to fill in the, uh, fill in the gaps. So sure. we'll, uh, we'll go over and take a look at his, uh, his website. And, you know, the thing I liked about it, it's, it's clean, you know, it's um, really nothing too distracting on a big giant button at the front, uh, you know, inside the jewelry trade radio. Um, I like the fact that uh, at the bottom of his page, he talks about signing up for their audio newsletter, and which I'm pretty sure it's just the podcast. But this might be, again, where Rod knows his audience and maybe they're not the most technical. Maybe they're not up on podcasting yet. But, uh, you know, there was um, I remember seeing it somewhere where you could sign up for their audio radio. The one thing that I saw that I'm like, you know, it's not a big thing, but it can, you know, the idea of your your show title is the headline of your, your show. If this was a newspaper, it's your headline. And what you're putting on the beginning of your show is ITJT, which is uh, inside the jewelry trade. So we get that, 009. Well, in iTunes, you don't get much real estate to show your show title. Now you get tons of room here on your website, but you're trying to get people to your website probably through iTunes. And so, I always tell people if you had Paul McCartney on your show, it might say IJ, you know, ITJT009, Paul, you know, and, and nobody's going to see that it was Paul McCartney because you took up, you know, seven to 10 characters and you might only get 20, maybe 30 tops in iTunes to show that. And I always say if you're going to do that, put it at the end because that first part of your, your title is something that is just, we're talking prime, prime real estate. And so I understand people like to do that. So if people search on their website and they say, go find episode nine, you know, you could do that and you definitely want that there. Uh, but that was the one big thing that I just went, oh, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine, but I, I think I have merit for, you know, here's a way that you can, you know, get more people to click because if I've never listened to your show before, I don't know what ITJT009 is and I might have to think about it a second to, to figure it out. Um, I did like the fact that uh, one, once I clicked on the big button for the radio and even on his front page, he has players everywhere. It makes it super easy <laughs> to click on play. Uh, you don't have to search for those. And, uh, you know, he's got a pretty extensive show notes for this episode. And he, he talks about all the questions that they asked. Uh, he's got links to um, a lot of the things they discussed about. Um, they talk about how, you know, how this kind of came about and how it was recorded in a booth. And so his show notes, I was like, wow, here's a guy who's not typing three sentences and going, oh, that's good enough. <laughs> so on this particular episode in his show notes, I love the fact that he has like a mini bio of everybody that he talked to at that show. And uh, the font is nice and big. It's easy to read. Uh, there's a lot of white space. So it doesn't feel like I get fatigued trying to read it off of a, off of a screen. 
Um, a lot of great photos and pictures included throughout the website. I pulled it up on my iPhone. It's very mobile friendly as well. Um, I think the it, it's very clean. He doesn't have a, a ton of drop down menus. Um, it's easy to navigate and just it doesn't get too cute and too cool for the room with the with the titles of the drop down menus. You know, it's in the news and article archives and about us. It's really easy to find your way around it. And uh, I thought his website looks solid. Yeah, the, the, uh, the very front page, the home page was kind of. Um, yeah, interesting. Let's talk about that. Uh, you know, it's it's a digital marketing for jewelers by jewelers. And and that's what for Grainer, the company is about. And then inside the jewelry trade is the podcast itself. Uh, the inside the jewelry trade radio show. But on the front page, OK, we're for jewelers by jewelers, passion, jewelry, success. But a lot of the photos that we use, what we do is uh, IndyCar, brand development is an IndyCar, uh, local SEO services is an IndyCar, marketing research, some IndyCar guys talking to each other. And then we get down to the digital magazine series and we have a, a lady reading her iPad and then another lady reading her notebook and another couple reading in their notebook and then another couple kind of discussing over coffee and another couple reading their notebook computer. And so I, I was kind of confused why we started with the whole IndyCar theme. And then all of a sudden we're down into, now we're into iPads and, and notebook computers. So yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I, where we were going there. Yeah, that was in really, it wasn't until we started getting ready for this episode that I went, Oh, you know what? The company, cause their website is for Grainer. That's G R A I N E R.com. That's the name of the company. Cause at first I thought that was the name of the podcast. No, the podcast is inside the jewelry trade. And yeah, the, um, you know, if you go to the very front page before you scroll down, all you see is IndyCar stuff and a button for the, the podcast. And, you know, I, I, let me click on read more here. And I'm not really sure what four grainer means. Now there, there, there are four pieces to their company as attract, engage, convert, and retain. And maybe those are the four grains of success. I don't know. I, you know, and that's, I wish Rod was here so we could ask him what that means. And maybe that's a, a jewelry industry term too, that we we're not aware of, but a um, little confusing there. And the other thing I found interesting about the homepage is there's no, no pictures of any jewelry. That was the one thing I was like, I expected to see, maybe that's cliche to have pictures of diamonds and, you know, I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting that full jewelry site, there isn't any. Um, yeah. you, I think when you go to about um, the essence of four grainer here, yeah, there's a woman with a bunch of jewelry on and went, okay, now we're talking. Um, but when at the, uh, I will say we, I did find Rod's bio at the bottom here. Uh, it says, uh, He's the president of uh, Four Grainer. He's the, the, a jewelry business strategist and host of, of course, Inside the Jewelry Trade. Um, he brings 30 years of retail jewelry success and leadership to the table at uh, at the single and multi-unit guild level. Uh, he's a freelance writer, guest lecturer, and member of the prestigious Writers Center. Uh, he lives in Atlanta with his wife and two almost human cats. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I love the fact he doesn't take himself too serious. So, yeah. um, but, um, yeah, it, over and all, you know, I've seen a lot worse websites. I didn't, I didn't see anything besides the title that I went, Ooh, you know, that, that's, uh, that I've, I, you know, is an easy fix, you know, um, 
it's it's like you said. There's it's a lot of white space. Uh, everything's uh, you know very easy. And like you said, there are they have a lot of drop downs, but there you don't have to you don't find yourself clicking on stuff going, I wonder what this is. Everything's really clearly named. Uh, when I looked at the audio file, his ID3 tags are fine. His recording, like I said, his recording levels were, uh, could have been all over the place very easily. And uh, I thought he did a nice job of, uh, you know, making sure everybody sounded good and uh, overall a, a good job from the, uh, the technical side. The only thing I, I just thought about it, when I go to contact us, yep, okay, he's got his hours. Um, do we have, yeah, okay, we have a form. I was going to say, because at first I'm like, oh, we don't have an email address. So you always want to make it easy to, uh, obviously a marketing company, they're going to make it easy to contact. So, One of the uh, questions that Rod had when he first reached out to us about reviewing his show was his audio quality. He was concerned. He wanted to make sure his audio quality was the best it could be. And I didn't hear anything wrong with his audio quality. I thought the, uh, the uh, compressor limiter was kicking in and, and, uh, and all of the soft spots were bumped up. All of the peaks were squished down a little bit. There, there wasn't any white hiss in the background when uh, he was uh, um, intermingled amongst the actualities. I thought the actualities were surprisingly clean for um, yeah. recording it in the middle of a, a trade show. Um, overall, I thought the audio quality was strong. Yeah, the, the first time I listened to this um, was in the car. And, you know, I'm listening to it, enjoying it. And it wasn't really till now where I'm in a quiet room with headphones on that I even noticed he had a noise gate. At the beginning of the show, I think it was, uh, might have been Michelle, somebody interviewed, had an ever so slight, and again, this is with me sitting here doing this, an ever so slight hum that I really probably wouldn't have noticed except he gated it. So when she, when she quit talking, <laughs> it would it go away. away. Yeah. So that's always the, the catch-22. On one hand, you got rid of it, but on the other hand, you, you know, when you're in a quiet room, but like I said... When I listened to the car, I had no idea. It sounded fine. And it wasn't until here that I went, oh, you know what? He's using the gate. But uh, I think One, the average Joe Schmo listener would, wouldn't pick that up. I didn't pick it up because I was listening in the car. So I did not hear that. I was not listening in headphones. One uh, pro trick that I'd like to rec recommend for anybody doing a show like this with uh, actualities interspersed amongst uh, uh, a storyline is to let your, let your pieces overlap the actuality a little bit, almost like a little B-roll at the beginning of the actuality. So the din of the conference kind of creeps in underneath you as you're introducing the bit. It kind of keeps the forward momentum of the show going and it kind of tells the audience, here comes an actuality. So it's not you stop, actuality, stop, you stop, actuality, stop. It You kind of overlay them a little bit. So you kind of walk on top of it as it starts and then you kind of walk on top of it as it ends. And it, and it keeps that forward momentum going throughout the show. Um, just a, a little trick of the trade that uh, a lot of editors use. That's funny you said that because I had that in my notes that – it's, I was going to say, am I being nitpicky? But if they had moved the, the clip up like a half a second to where the minute he stopped, because there were times he would say blah, 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 and yada, 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 and go. And, and then you would hear like three seconds of, of, of uh, background noise, yeah. and then the guest would start talking. Yeah. And I always thought if they just moved that, I, I really like your idea of overlapping them. But I just remember there were times it was like, and here's so-and-so, and he'd say their credentials, and then there was like a wait. And I'm like, if it was just, to me, it was like just a uh, half a second quicker 
it's like you said, it keeps the momentum going. It, it, it's kind of a not that start stop kind of thing. The other but, reason that led me to believe he might have a broadcasting background is when Rod would introduce the next person to speak, he didn't always do it the exact same way. He didn't always say, and here's what Dave had to say. And here's what Beth had to say. And here's what Jane had to say. He always had a, a, a different way to walk into that. Like the actuality that you played with the gentleman had the, the battery story. Um, mm -hmm. He said, uh, and we were really glad that Bob shared his story and it rolled into it. And then he was talking to the lady about eating out in New York. And here's what she had to say. And it was always something a little different. It wasn't, it, it wasn't cliche and it didn't become um, stale and monotonous walking into each actuality. Very, very professional and very well done. When he's got the pipes, that's the other thing. When I first heard him, I'm like going, oh, here's a guy who's got radio background. He's yeah, yeah. Some, he sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of sounding great, you mentioned this earlier, the uh, the ending of his show. Uh, I went back and, and kind of listened, and he did mention the the awards and the, you know, kind of thank those people that helped. But his, his final ending of the, of the show was very uh, short and to the point. This has been Inside the Jewelry Trade with Rod Worley. Proven advice for jewelry store owners that's as good as money in the bank. See 4grainer.com for more tested strategies on getting more customers through your door and more cash in your pocket. And that's it. And this is kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's a trend, but it's definitely a strategy that people are doing. We've talked about instead of sending people subscribe to me on iTunes, follow me on Twitter, Instagram me, pin me, you know, whatever. It's just go to my website. And that's basically what he's doing here. You know, he, for more information, fourgrainer.com. And I went, okay, that's simple to the point. And then when you get there, make sure it's easy to subscribe to the podcast or, or whatever it is you want people to do when you get there that you've made a podcast for. Uh, so about 30 seconds before that, after he's done thanking everybody that helped put this thing together and all the people that, that appeared on it, um, he makes one very interesting call to action. He says, uh, if you enjoyed this particular episode, uh, share the love, basically. And I figured he was going to say, go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review like everybody does. But instead, he says, make a donation to this uh, children's charity. And he gave the location of where to go. And that was his only call to action. And I thought, well, that was pretty cool. Kind of surprising out of left field. Not what I expected. You know, I expected the same rote closure that everybody gives. Go sign up for my website. Uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Email me your firstborn child. Everything like that. You know, and it's, <laughs> it's the same stuff everybody gives. And he didn't. He took a left turn. And I loved it. It was great. Yeah. I was like, wow, that was memorable. It was unique. It was something that uh, made him stand out. And I absolutely love that part of the show. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things I'm listening to a book now about word of mouth marketing. And one of the things they said, it, it's a really, it's one of those books. You ever get through a book and about three fourths of the way through, you're like, I got to finish this book so I can say I finished it, but I'm, I'm, you're already kind of done with the book. Uh, but the one thing I'm pulling away from it is it's an easy criteria. What part of the show is the audience going to tell their friends about? Yeah. That's a, that's a really easy way to just boil it down. And, uh, you know, when I heard that, I was, I'm with you. When I heard it, I'm like, hey, that was kind of cool. Wow, he's got a charity going. That's kind of like, well, that's cool because 
one would assume that jewel jewelers have cash. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's uh, that's what I'm assuming. And when you're uh, selling a $38,000 ring, I bet you do. You would think maybe just a pinch. And uh, I'm like, it's kind of cool that they're giving back. So that would be something again that you might go, yeah, there's podcast I listen to and the guy's got a charity going. So, uh, but um, I guess we should kind of, to wrap her up a little bit, it's kind of a bummer that Rod's not here, but uh, I'm sure we'll get some feedback and do a little back and forth behind the scenes here. But uh, we want to thank Rod for, you know, submitting his podcast and to, uh, to be reviewed. And, um, you know, in general, I think he said, it's like he said, he was a little worried about the audio and I'm with you. I'm like, man, I thought it sounded good. Uh, it was definitely, I, I want to ask him, like, did you do this? I, I, I would bet money, the intro and the outro, they reek of music radio creative. I think I recognize yeah. the voices. Um, but even, you know, th the middle of that was all, somebody put that together. It was Rod. He did a great job of, uh, again, making sure the audio was there. I love the fact that they didn't squash the atmosphere. So many people would try to noise gate that out. It's like, no, no, that's, that's the part I liked. I felt like it was right there on the floor with them. Yeah, so I, I love that part of it. Yeah. Uh, and then in terms of, you know, so that would be my like thumbs up. I thought the website was good. You know, um, it's, it's simple. It's right to the point. It's super easy. A little confused. You know, it took me a while to figure out that Four Grainer was the name of the company. A little confused on the... Uh, the NASCAR stuff or whatever that is, Formula One, NASCAR people are going to go, what do you mean? Is <laughs> Junior's not there. It's Formula One. Uh, you know, um, but I like the fact that it was easy to, to pick any lesson and listen to it. You've got all the buttons there to subscribe in Stitcher and iTunes. And I know I saw it somewhere where you could sign up for their audio newsletter. I thought that was a cool spin. Yeah, it's about halfway down. You get to the um, the regular newsletter. And then if you go almost all the way to the bottom of the homepage, am I on the homepage or am I on the episode page? Homepage, all the way to the bottom and then right before his black flyer there, it says sign up now, 15 minute monthly audio newsletter. So he's got a written newsletter and a monthly audio newsletter, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, and then for me, in terms of stuff that I would, you know, maybe change, um, like I said, the, the titles, that, that's a pet peeve of mine, but I, I think you will... You just want to make it easy. You want to you want to grab people's attention, and, and nobody's looking for episode six. And and when you when you abbreviate it, you got to remember there are a lot of new people, and uh, they they may not put together, you know, the IJ TJ whatever TJ Max J whatever the <laughs> the abbreviation was. Uh, they may not put that two and two together because they haven't listened to your show yet to figure out that oh that's that. So I would move that at the end, uh, and. Um, I'm with you. Now that I've thought about it, I've listened to the episode again. I, I almost want to go back and listen to another one of his quote, regular episodes. Yeah. So for looking at um, some suggestions for Rod as he's uh, relaunching the podcast, what is it going to be moving forward? Are we going to do standard interview show and uh, how is that going to be structured? What are, is it just going to be the interview alone? Is it going to have some jewelry news in there? Um, are we going to have some um, actionable steps for these jewelers to move their business forward? Uh, I'm not really sure where he goes from here to relaunch the podcast. Uh, he, he wants to do a podcast every other week from, from what his email said. Um, 
if he can find a way to do it every week, maybe do a shorter podcast and do it every week to create some consistency and get people coming each week. It's kind of hard to remember to come every other week to hear a new episode uh, unless people are, unless you have a strong mailing list and you can email people and let them know new episodes are available. I would recommend trying to make it every week. Uh, and maybe it's not an interview every week. Maybe it's an interview every other week and then uh, jewelry news every other week or something like that. Um, but I'm just interested in where he's, where he wants to take it in this relaunch. I, I loved this particular episode and the way it was put together with all of the actualities. I know how long it takes to create an episode like this. Doing yeah. an episode like this every week is that's going to be very, very time consuming. I mean, NPR does shows like this and that's their full time gig. So and they, have, uh, and they have a staff of 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not the ones sitting in the booth editing it all day long. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where Rod goes from here. I know he has a note here in the original email he sent. Um, he was talking about putting together a, a four-grainer network. Um, you know, how do you put one together? Well, number one, you have to have multiple shows. And that's actually one of the kiss of kiss. Is that, what is the plural of kiss? It's the kiss of death. Um, so many people I see want to start off with three shows. I'm like, let's do one. Let's do one well. And when you figure out how much time it takes, then launch a second and a third. And you can use that first show to promote the second uh, and the third later. But to start off with three, a lot of times that's so overwhelming that you get to episode three and just die because you, you kind of overstepped your bounds maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, I think I think creating a network is really uh, in the eye of the beholder. It's what do you want your network to be? Are they going to be like-minded shows produced by different hosts that come together to cross promote each other? Are they going to be, um, different topics by the same host and you're creating your own network? Um, I, I think the idea of a network sounds great, but in the end, what's your ultimate goal? What do you hope the network does for your show? Um, and if it's cross-promoting, it almost makes more sense to have multiple hosts doing multiple shows cross-promoting each other on a particular network. But you yeah. have to ask yourself, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of work to um, coordinate that network. What is it going to do for you in the end? Yeah, we always say, I always use the, uh, the time of, of a four-to-one ratio. So if you're going to do a 15-minute podcast, plan on spending an hour. And, and so many people say, I want to do an hour-long show. There's really nothing wrong with doing a shorter show. Obviously, the, the longer, the more valuable the content, the, the deeper the connection you're going to have with your audience. But um, in, in terms of technical issues, um, I actually just changed one of my websites into a network. If you go to uh, powerofpodcasting.com, you'll see all my podcasting-related shows, including this one. And you know, in terms of cost, you're looking at a, a website you know, 10 bucks a month. You know, it's, it's nothing big deal. And, and I'm looking into ways I can have that automated. So when I update, you know, the school of podcasting or anything like that, it will update that website as well. So technical wise and money wise, it's not really any big deal. It's just going to be a little more time to keep it updated and, and things of that nature. And I'm looking to update that. But all I'm doing it for is cross promotion. So if somebody says, where's your show? I can give them one abs, ab, you know, one website and they can pick any of those shows. And I end up with a, uh, a listener on something and I could see maybe doing that, but I would, you know, Eric's got a great point. Where do you want to go? You know, pick where you want to go and then ask yourself, do I need multiple shows to do that? You know, do, do you just want to do maybe a, a jewelry news show and then one about marketing and then one, or do you just want to have one show with all of that? Um, you know, and, and the best person to answer that 
is throw up a survey on your website and ask your audience, hey, I'm thinking of relaunching the show. What did you like about it? What did you what what did you wish we hadn't or we had covered that we didn't or you know, when in doubt, ask your audience. They're the, they're the best people that uh, can answer that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, he's definitely got the chops and he's got, uh, you know, the experience, obviously. So, um, and in it, you know, in a way, this episode was a great kind of business card for his, his company because now other jewelers might say, wow, this podcasting thing's pretty cool. Because you think about it, every single one of those people that talked on this podcast, you know, they came over to listen to it. Yeah. So as a marketing card, I was like, oh, that's a beautiful, that's a brilliant uh, move. And, uh, you know, so on, from that aspect is a great way to promote his company. I was like, well, wow, that's actually kind of brilliant because now he's introduced those jewelers to uh, the magic of podcasting. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a great show. I love the actualities. I love how it was put together. I love the story arc of it. I trimmed down the intro a little bit more. Uh, make me one big promise and then let's get to delivering it. I love the uh, brief closing of the show. Um, the website looks great in terms of um, readability, the fonts, the white space. Um, might might have a little more jewelry on there and just kind of tell me what it is that you do. Um Overall, I thought it's a solid show. I thought the audio quality was great. Um, it would just be interesting to see where where Rod goes from here to relaunch this thing. And we'll probably have an update on uh, on next week's show because between now and then, we'll, we'll probably get some feedback to Rod and uh, maybe you can fill in some of those gaps for us. But uh, Eric, anything uh, we should, uh, should we start buttoning this one up? Yeah, I think this was good. Rod, thanks so much. Sorry you couldn't be here. Um, we'll catch you next time around. I can't wait to hear the relaunch. If you want to be on the show, you want us to help you uh, improve your podcast, it's pretty painless. We just try and find the things you're doing really well and uh, help you do more of that. You can always uh, find us uh, online at podcastreviewshow.com. All of the details are there. You can appear on the show and uh, we can we can talk about you right in front of your face or you can uh, do like Rod did and just submit it and uh, Dave and I can go over it. The The danger of that is a lot of times we have to guess on things um, because you're not here to, to uh, answer the questions of why you did particular things. But either way, we're more than happy to uh, help you improve your show today. And uh, on the next episode... We're going to be looking at the bare arm show. Now, this is not something about shaving or creams for muscles. It's uh, bare arms is B-E-A-R arms uh, show.com. Let me double check on that. Uh, so it's arms of bears then, like grizzlies it's it. or something. Yeah, it's uh, it? no. No. It's, uh, the, uh, the guest says, I chose the topic that we cover because I'm a passionate about the Second Amendment rights more than any other topic. And I want to help build a community that will eventually help change firearms laws in New Jersey. So that's kind of specific in terms of these. He's narrowing down the niche to Joyzy. Yeah. So uh, if you want to check it out, again, go over to beararmshow.com and, uh, you know, send us a note. You can call it in 888-563-3228 and uh, you give us a review of the show. We'll play it on the, the show for uh, the guest. We could always do that. And uh, again, like Eric said, if you want to be on the show and get your show reviewed, just go over to podcastreviewshow.com. Eric, where can people find you? You can always find me online at podcasttalentcoach.com. Podcast is there. Worksheets are there. All sorts of helpful tools. It's podcasttalentcoach.com. 
And of course, you can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. Both of us are going to be at New Media Expo, which is right around the corner. That's kind of spooky. Yeah, it and, is. Uh, if you are going to be at New Media Expo and you see me in the hallway, please, please, please come and shake my hand and introduce yourself. I always hear people say, oh, I saw you. I didn't want to bug you. No, please. I'm telling you, bug me. Eric wants bugged. You we bet. would love to, to meet you and shake your hand. And uh, we'll be back real soon with another episode of the Podcast Review Show. 